So, um, today we're actually going to be talking about a subject that is not something that us as city folks talk about all the time. I'm a guy from the city. I grew up in the Burbs. Um, so, we're going to be talking about something different. We're actually going to be talking about farming. So, a little bit about farming. Okay. My mum will probably be happy about that because she grew up on a farm. So, I'm going to try and do you justice, mum. Okay. So, we're going to talk about a process um, in farming. Maybe I can just get some water. Is that right? Because my mouth dries a bit. We're going to be talking about a process in farming. I think she's getting thanks. Um, and it's a, it's a practice of wheat farming, actually. So we're not talking about livestock farming. We're talking about wheat farming. And it's at a place called the threshing floor. That's where wheat gets crushed. Has anybody ever heard of the threshing floor? If you know your Bibles, you've heard of the threshing floor? Okay. So there's a couple of places in Scripture especially in the Old Testament where this practice of threshing wheat on a threshing floor is used. We see it in Judges in chapter 6, great story of Gideon. He's met um, by the angel of the Lord while he's threshing on this threshing floor, and the angel of the Lord commissions him actually to go and defeat his uh, enemy, the, the Midianites, and he actually takes them out by using only 300 men. So the movie 300 is not based on that story, just by the way, but it's a great story of valor and courage. We also see it in Ruth. The story of uh, Ruth and Boaz, I don't know if you guys know that story, it's a lack of love story about this slave girl who meets this nobleman called Boaz and they get married. But I'm going to just touch on today, if I may, a story out of Chronicles about King David. Maybe you can put the passage up there. So it's from 1 Chronicles in chapter 18. We're just going to read it there. It's a story about David who buys a threshing floor and actually builds the altar of the Lord on it. Okay, so let's pick it up from there. So... Then the angel of the Lord ordered Gad to tell David to go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arona, the Jebusite. Okay, these Old Testament guys have interesting names. He's probably, that could be like a character from Lord of the Rings maybe. Anyway, so David went up in obedience to the word that God had spoken in the name of the Lord. While Aruna was threshing wheat, he turned and saw the angel. His four sons were with him and they hid themselves. We have to wait. There's a bit of delay. Then David approached, and when Arona looked and saw him, he left the threshing floor and bowed down before David with his face to the ground. David said to him, let me have the sight of your threshing floor so I can build an altar to the Lord, that the plague on the people may be stopped. Sell it to me at the full price. Arona said to David, take it. Let my Lord, the king, do whatever pleases him. Look, I will give you the oxen for the burnt offerings, the threshing sledges for the wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. I will give all this. But King David replied to him, Arana, no, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours, or sacrifice a burnt, sorry, I will not take for the Lord what is yours, or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. So David paid Arona 600 shekels of gold for the site. Okay. David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He called on the Lord, and the Lord answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offering. Okay, so we can see, put a context there. So David is the reigning king of Israel. He's a very powerful man, very famous, very wealthy. And in a moment of pride, what he actually does, if you look at the verse before that, he decides to call a census in the land. Pretty much like what we're experiencing now. You know the ANC there? The government's asking for a census of us. So... He wants to count his fighting men. So in this moment of pride, what he does is he calls his commanding officer. It's a guy by the name of Joab. 
He says, come here, Joab. I want you to go out into the land and I want you to count all my fighting men. So Joab, also a man of the Lord, says, I don't know if that's such a good idea. You might anger God if you do that. So in a moment of pride, David says, no, go and count them. So Joab goes off. He counts the men. Comes back. There's a million plus men, fighting men. So it gives you an idea of how powerful King David is. And at that moment, David becomes convicted. He realizes he's sinned against God. He's angered the Lord. And in those days, remember, these are God's people. The Israelites belong to God, not the leader. There were other great leaders, but there was always the people of God. So if you're a leader and you said, these men are mine, you are sinning against God. So this angered God. And there's consequence to angering God. So what happens is the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, you're in trouble now. Choose three punishments. The first... You can have famine in the land, you can have a plague, or you can be pursued by your enemies. So David now, obviously sweating, he realizes he's done wrong. He realizes, okay, hang on. Let me not fall into the hand of my enemies. Rather send me a plague. It's the least of the three. So God does. He sends a plague. And with that, 70,000 of those men are killed with a plague. A plague's like COVID. It's like a virus. It's a bacteria. People die from it. It's severe. So um, the plague hits, 70,000 people die. But then the Lord shows his mercy, as he always does, to the Israelites. The angel of the Lord comes back, says, enough, enough, enough of this. But he says to King David, if you look up on the hill there, there's a guy by the name of Arona, our friend with the Lord of the Rings name. No disrespect. He's threshing wheat on this place called the threshing floor. And he's with his sons, go up to him and I want you to go and buy that land. So off King David goes, and he meets Arana there, and he says, I'm here to buy the land. And we saw in the story, the guy says, look, you're the king. He humbles himself, bows down, says, please have it. You're the king of Israel. David says, no, it must cost me something. So there's a lesson that David's learned. And as the story goes on, he actually ends up building an altar there, and there's sacrifices that are made there. And interestingly enough, his son Solomon, who becomes the next king, actually builds what's known as Solomon's Temple on that spot. So quite a significant spot, this threshing floor of Arana. Okay. Significant to God. So why a threshing floor? So let's, before we look at the why, let's look at what a threshing floor is, just to illustrate. So I've got some images here. Maybe you can just chuck them up there. So the process of threshing wheat is a place, well, it's a process where wheat is crushed. And it's normally, oh, there's a great picture. Okay. Let me just explain. So it's normally up on a high hill, where there's wind, and what will happen is the farmer, when he gathers his wheat, he'll bring his wheat and he'll chuck it. Am I standing in the way? He'll chuck it onto that threshing floor, which has been prepared. It's normally about the size of a building like this. And the wheat will get chucked onto this floor, and then what will happen is the oxen will pull like a wooden instrument there. It looks like that girl's kind of like surfing on it, maybe. Um, she'll, she'll be pulled around, or the workers will be pulled around on this instrument. It's called the tribulum, and it, it gets pulled around this floor. And what happens in that process? Wheat gets crushed. So the sheaths of wheat, these big sheaths, they get crushed, and out from them becomes the kernel, the seed, which is the good stuff. So when this crushing happens, there's the separation that takes place, right? Then what the farmer will do is, maybe you can chuck the next slide up, then the farmer will come along with what's called a winnowing fork. Have you ever heard of what a winnowing fork is? Yeah? Okay, so a winnowing fork is a fork like that with large fingers, and these guys will come and they'll throw, they'll throw the wheat up into the air like that. And because it's situated on a high hill, what will happen is the wind will blow. 
So they'll time it that they'll throw this wheat up into the air and the wind blows and it separates what's called the chaff from the wheat. So there's a separation, the wind blows the chaff away and the wheat drops to the floor. And obviously the, the good stuff, the, 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 the seed, and the seed is then stored or put in barns and it's later produced, used to produce flour. Flour makes bread. Okay. So, there's a, there's a place of separation. So, if we look at what the threshing floor is, it's a place of separation. So, to bring this or appropriate this to us, and that's really where I go with this. So, that's my foundation is the threshing floor. We've seen in the natural what it looks like. I want to shift that over now to the spiritual. So, what happens to us as people when we meet with God on this place called the threshing floor? And a little bit of my testimony it was five odd years ago, however, when it was, however long ago when I shared and I was standing that side. And uh, I remember for me, oh, hello. Do you want to say something? Sorry, that's my little girl. She always distracts me. I love it a bit. So, so a little bit of my testimony. So when I met the Lord Jesus for the first time, uh, I had this encounter with God. The Holy Spirit arrested my heart, convicted of my heart. And... Um, I knew like I knew like I knew that I needed to serve God for the rest of my days. I was born again as the Bible teaches us. And in that moment, there was the separation that took place. I was almost like that wheat. I felt a crushing. I felt God doing something in my heart. And like in the natural, how we've seen this wheat separate the corn, the, the, the seed. That was what it was like for me. And the first thing I did, I remember after that day, when I, got, when I met the Lord and I got saved, the first thing I did is I went back to my flat. I was living in a flat up here in um, Tamburskloof. I was living nearby in the city. And I walked through my house, and God just convicted me of everything in my house that was not of God, if that makes sense. So I went through. I had records, a pile of records from here to the speaker. I used to be a DJ, so I was working in the nightlife scene. And all that comes with that. Sorry? Bruce the Truth. They actually used to call me Bruce the Truth. This guy goes way back. We, we're old mates from a long time. We used to hang out quite a lot. So he knows about Bruce the Truth. That was my DJ name, actually. The Lord had a plan, eh? You know what I mean? Bruce the Truth. Can you see it? It's more like a boxer, like Bruce the Truth coming out, weighing six pounds. Anyway. Um, so the Lord convicted me of everything in my house. And I, and I walked through it, and I got rid of these records because I was a DJ, and I knew I just had to separate myself from the nightlife scene. There was a separation that took place. CDs that I had of, re of music that I copied, magazines that I'd had, Naughty Girl magazines, cigarettes, all those things dropped off of me. There was the separation that happened in my heart when I met with the Lord on the threshing floor. It was a place, my encounter with God was also, like we see in that image, was a place of power. So there was this crushing the Holy Spirit comes in power. We hear in Acts 2, if we read the scripture, it speaks about how tongues of fire were above people's heads like this on the day of Pentecost, you know, when the, uh, the first church was birthed. And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit always comes like that. The Holy Spirit can come in a soft and gentle whisper, but it can also come in power to change lives and bring conviction to turn us away from sin to God. So it's a place of threshing and it's a place of power. It's a place of sacrifice. Interestingly enough, that threshing floor of Aruna. If you read the early Bible in Genesis, I don't know if you know the story of Abraham and Isaac. That, that little scene where Abraham takes Isaac up to make, give as a sacrifice to the Lord. It happens on a place called Mount Moriah. 
And we know the story. He goes in at the last minute. He's just about to offer his son as a sacrifice because God is testing him. He sees the ram in the bushes and he pulls the ram and he sacrifices the lamb. Beautiful picture of Jesus. But actually it's the same place where this threshing floor of Arona happens. The area is Mount Moriah. So you can see the significance of that. So it's a place of sacrifice. Jesus tells us, or he tells when he's talking to disciples in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, maybe you can put it up. He says to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Okay, the scripture's not going up. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Serving God comes at a cost. Just a little footnote. Sacrifice is not easy. Serving God, giving your life to Jesus, as I've done, and it's been a process, and it's been an adventure, and it's been a journey. It comes at a cost, folks. It'll cost you your time. It'll cost you your money. It'll cost you your energy. It'll cost you your friendships. One of the things with me when I went through that separation, just like that wheat on the threshing floor, one of the things is the Lord said to me, you will not hang around with those guys anymore. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good company corrupts good character I had to leave friends it came at a cost I became friends with people in the church and so I started to grow in my faith it will cost you your comfort guys waking up early this morning to come through here from Edgemead to come and serve you guys did so well eh? the worship guys Jesus the Holy Spirit was there in the worship it was fantastic it comes at a cost it's sacrifice Brandon sacrifice thank you for coming to bring the worship you guys amazing Thanks to the worship guys. It's a place of pain. When we're on this threshing floor of God, it's a place of pain. It's not nice to be rebuked by God. Who's been rebuked by God? Yeah. But it's for our good in the end, isn't it? I mean, Hebrews 12, verse 4 says, maybe you can put it up. I think you're battling a little bit there with the AV. Okay. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts He accepts as his son. No disciplining seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. It's painful. God works these things in our heart. He wants to bring out the bad in us so that we can become a holy and pure and spotless bride, which is what it says in Ephesians. This threshing floor that I'm talking about, it's a, it's a place of work as well. It's a place of work. Those guys work hard on the threshing floor to produce that flower. We need to work hard at our salvation. Amen? Being a Christian is not easy. Like I said, it requires, there's a cost. You need to get before the Lord every day. Every day. Philippians 2 verse 12 says, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act on behalf of his good purpose. So there's a working. There's a working every day. Lord, help me to take up my cross. Help me to deny myself. Help me to become more like you. At the threshing floor, there's a process of sanctification that happens as well. It sounds like a big word, but it's a very simple word. All it means is to be set apart, to be made holy or sacred. So we become sanctified when we meet Jesus or God at the threshing floor. It's a place of provision as well. As this flower is produced, it becomes bread. What did Jesus say? Jesus himself was about himself. He said, 
I am the bread of life. So if we meet God at the threshing floor, we're going to meet Jesus. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. And I'm keeping it short, because I'm hoping we can do some ministry afterwards. We're really lucky to pray for some guys. It's a place of freedom. It's a place of freedom. We get set free from sin, don't we? When we encounter Jesus, he convicts us of our sin. We give our lives, become born again, and he frees us from sin. He frees us from bondage. He frees us from doubt, from shame, from fear. Even as we came here this morning and I was sitting in the worship, that word that came from that lady, thanks, was a great word. I also just sensed there was fear here. Some people were just fearing the Lord, like fearing of giving themselves over. Maybe we can pray into that a little bit later. Just sense the fear here. But Jesus sets us free from fear. He says, he who, is, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Romans 6, but now that you've been set free from sin, you've become slaves of God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. But the wages of sin is death. We know that one. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you guys still with me? Okay. Hey, still with me. I'm going to summarize. I'm going to land it there. It's not going to be a long preach. Short message, but I really felt it on my heart for us this morning. If we look in summary, we look at this threshing. As we've seen in the natural, there's this wheat that gets crushed, produces flour, which becomes bread. So it is with us. God con- he crushes us. He convicts us. It's powerful. It's painful. But he gives us the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide us. The threshing floor as well, guys, it's not going to be a once-off thing. You may encounter God and that might be your experience, but the threshing floor is a daily thing. It's not one experience. God will pitch up where you're at. I mean, I've encountered God in the strangest of places, not just at church meetings. Although I've had some real experiences with the Holy Spirit at church meetings falling over and all kinds of things. The Holy Spirit is powerful. But God will meet you where you're at, folks. He will meet you where you're at. So maybe... I'm just thinking, how are we going to do this? I just want to say, maybe, guys, if that's any of you, if you feel that you've been crushed in any way, if you feel now that maybe God is doing a work in your heart, that there's a crushing, that you're feeling convicted of sin, even as you've sat in this meeting, maybe there's a sin area in your life. Maybe God wants to separate you this morning. Maybe there's pain. Maybe like David in that story, maybe there's pride in your heart, and maybe that's stopping you from entering the presence of God. You know, when we sin, we can still enter the presence of God, but there's one thing that God hates, and that's pride. You can enter the presence of the God with sin, but pride he doesn't like. He opposes the proud. The Bible says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So I want to ask you, are you prepared to humble yourself? Are you willing to humble yourself as you go before the King of Kings? Even now, this morning, even as maybe we do a little bit of ministry, we can maybe pray for you guys. If that's you, maybe it's pride. Maybe you haven't received the Holy Spirit. Maybe guys here, you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you got some blank looks in your faces. Other guys are. <laughs> maybe you haven't received the Holy Spirit. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you haven't met Jesus. 
Maybe if you're a visitor here, you don't know what I'm talking about. You, but maybe there's something in your heart where you're simply thinking, well, I actually want to have an encounter with Jesus. I want him to do a work in me. I want my heart to be a threshing floor this morning. I want to meet God there. I want him to, to work in me. Maybe there's someone here that, can, that senses that. Maybe you just need to be set free from sin. Maybe you just need to be set free from sin.